welcome to episode 98 of Together BHA. My name is Josh, and we are here shortly after the West Bromwich Albion game uh, to take a look back at, well, what was a pretty poor result. Um, all being told, I think that was one of those first games of the season you can consider a must-not-lose. Um, and also one of those games where you, you start to see where things are going to unfold for the season. Um, you start to see which teams are going to be whereabouts uh, in the table. You know, we're, we're seven or eight games in now. Um, there are uh, certain little mini-leagues beginning to appear, or at least two different kind of parts of the Premier League table starting to appear. Uh, first through 15th are still incredibly tight, and then there is a gap forming between 16th and 20th. Uh, today was our opportunity to ensure that we were part of that top table, um, and we have failed to do so. Uh, we are firmly now in the uh, in that bottom section of the table, um, and that's what we're going to be taking a look at today. So, not a great deal of news in the middle of the week. Uh, you know, transfer windows been and gone. Um, as with most things, uh, sometimes, as you know, in these episodes, we have some very busy weeks with all sorts of stuff going on. And other weeks, we have not a huge amount of stuff to, to go over. Um, so let's start off uh, with some Fantasy Premier League. So the, the Together BHA uh, Fantasy Premier League table, uh, we are not fully confirmed for the week yet, of course, um, because we are still uh, well and truly in the thick of it all. Um, as of right now, uh, before everything is, is kind of connected and set up from today, uh, the person top of the Together BHA Podcast League, uh, which has, what, let me just check here, 64 people. The person top of the Together BHA Fantasy League uh, is me. So <laughs> so that uh, that idea is, has gone down well, uh, like a lead balloon. Um, I didn't expect, I should have just not had myself in the league, I suppose. Uh, but... The other, the other top five, let's talk about them. Uh, we Live on Earth 616, uh, fan of the Marvel Universe there, Devandra Ray. Uh, Steve Slagter? Slagter? Uh, I'm not sure. His team name is just an I, a zero and an I. So uh, that's good. Uh, Abtin Mortazavi? Mortazavi? Uh, still within that top five uh, that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Abtin Yahambaksh, uh, well and truly in there. Um, and then the next one in fifth place, uh, Recession Football. Uh, Nathan Lawson up there in 367 points. So uh, you lads are all rapidly catching me because this week was comfortably one of my worst weeks ever. Uh, so yeah, that was an absolute nightmare. Moving on from uh, Fantasy Premier League. Uh, I think the other thing really to talk about is the uh, the decision that we've seen this week or maybe over the past, you know, eight days or whatever it was, uh, that there's now discussions of a European Super League coming about. Now, we all saw, <clears throat> we all saw this coming, right? The, uh, the big boys tried to push through their Project Restart, uh, Project Big Picture rather, um, which was essentially the uh, the, the precursor uh, to this this eventual maneuver. Um, I think that we all saw what was going to happen here. Um, it was a power grab, 
with the hopes that the the top six could essentially cut off the rest of the division in an incredibly easy way uh, when this European Premier League uh, is fully confirmed. Um, and at that point, they would be able to, you know, essentially mold the division to, to however they want it to look until a time comes in the future years where the European Premier League is really its own functional league and, and that's it. Uh, they can just cut ties and, and leave the rest of the rest of the nation to to pick up the pieces. Um, thankfully, we weren't stupid enough to, to go in on Project Big Picture. Uh, so this this European Premier League that they're looking to sort out is is not going to be as easy as they want it to be. Uh, it does look like it's getting some backing now. Uh, I think it was Chase Bank over here in the US uh, are supposedly uh, involved in trying to boost that idea. Uh, and I think it's FIFA that are also, you know, pushing through this idea as well, which is interesting. Um, you know, it would be, uh, it's, it's. I believe it was the Price of Football podcast uh, with Kira Maguire, guest of the show, um, also said that it seems a bit of a power grab from FIFA due to the amount of money UEFA make. Um, it looks like this is their attempt to try and essentially get some of that money back uh, or just outright wrestled away from UEFA uh, and recentered around FIFA. Um, to me, I think, you know, the eventual European Premier League will be the, the beginnings of the, of the death of football that we know. Um, I think we'll probably end up moving to a, a US franchise system uh, and... These other these other divisions will struggle to stay afloat, in, including most of the the English divisions. Um, it's there's nothing good that can come out of it. Uh, there really isn't any. You know, I don't see this furthering anything in the footballing world. It it just puts everything back. It it provides stagnate stagnation. It provides uh, you know, it essentially just makes the entire thing plastic. Um, and I think that that will be you know, the beginning of the end uh, of, of what we know as football and have known as football for the past, you know, 100 odd years. Um, because despite, you know, the Premier League coming in and, and the money coming in and the TV deals, the the, the football still, you know, the, there's still a football pyramid. There's still a football f- fairy tale, right? Where Brighton can be on the midst of, on the edge of total death you know, 20 years ago, and we're now in the top 20 teams in the country. Um, This will destroy that. This will Americanize that. Um, And, you know, for all I enjoy watching the NFL, it sure is boring when the Bears get beat in the first five games of the season two or three times, and the odds of making the playoffs are 12% in the essentially rest of the season, albeit short season, is almost a total waste of time because there's nothing to play for after four games. Um, there are going to be a lot of teams facing that reality, uh, and there's going to be a lot of teams in in the UK and in every other country that don't get into this top table that are going to be left, you know, is it is it even viable anymore to, to survive as a club? So to me, uh, I hope that this doesn't happen. I hope that we do whatever we need to do to stop this being a thing, uh, because... I'm very pessimistic about the idea of it. Now, moving on to the West Brom game, talking of pessimism. Uh, today's game against West Bromwich Albion um, was Graham Potter's 50th game in charge. Uh, it was the first game where, and it's not bad, right? We've had 50 games, but 
it is the first time I feel I can turn around myself as a fan and say, I believe Graham Potter got every single thing wrong in that game. And we deserve to lose, probably. We were lucky to take a point against this team. And Potter was to blame for almost all of it. You can't decide how the players are going to play on the field, right? Like, you can't decide how they're going to do um, or what they're going to do. But you, as a manager, are supposed to influence those positions and those, not positions, the, the outcomes. And he did everything wrong today. Let's start with the starting 11, right? The starting 11 we set up with was just... To me, the first thing I said as soon as I saw it uh, was I messaged a, group, a couple of people in the WhatsApp group and I said, that's incredibly defensive uh, and negative for a, a team at home playing against one of the worst teams in the entire division. Why are we choosing to play that formation uh, with those players in it against a team that we should be looking to, to dominate and take control of in the same way we did Newcastle a couple of weeks ago? Dan Byrne, Voltman, Webster, Ben White, Lamptey, and Solly March all on the pitch and all being play asked to play back. Uh, to me, it just seemed like we were playing negatively for the sake of it. We were essentially playing six at the back uh, and hoping that Trossard, Lalana, and Mopai were going to provide enough on their own um, to, to get a goal. And, you know, ironically enough, it wasn't even one of those three that... that that provided us the opportunity. It was Tarek Lamptey. So, for me, when you're playing a, a West Bromwich Albion side that are known to be not very good, known to not score a great amount of goals, and they line up in a 4-1-4-1 formation with surely confidence on a low point, you roll out six defensive-minded players, if not seven, if you include Bissouma, and expect that to be, a, you know, a positive result-gaining decision is just beyond me. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was wrong from the very beginning. Now, in terms of things we learned today, uh, I think one of the things we learned from that formation, uh, if we if we didn't learn it last week, we've certainly learned it this week, is that Ben White is not a central defensive midfielder. Uh, I know Bielsa thought he may become one, uh, and maybe he would in Bielsa's system. I don't know. Uh, he's getting Pant he's getting Patrick Bamford to score three goals a game, so you know what? Maybe he is the Messiah. Um, but Ben White is not a central defensive midfielder. He looked poor today. Uh, I don't. I didn't see anything in him as a defensive midfielder that made me think, yes, like this is the guy. Uh, I. Like this is this is where he should be playing going forward, um, you know. Defensively, he was good. Uh, I think he had four total tackles, uh, second most in the team. Two interceptions, joint most in the team. Uh, two clearances. You know, he he did a decent enough job defensively. Uh, but going forward, he provided absolutely nothing. He provided even less than Dale Stevens usually would. Um, you know, he was dispossessed once. Uh, in possession and also had a poor touch that led to a loss of possession uh, as well. He had zero successful dribbles, zero key passes, zero shots, you know, very little passing in that final third. Um, he did, you know, next to nothing in the entire game. Um, I think he actually had, uh, you know, less passes um, than Joel Veltman. 
uh, and you know Veltman was supposed to be playing in that defensive midfield in that defensive mid role uh, where he wasn't supposed to be getting a huge amount of the touches uh, because Adam Webster had taken up that ball playing role. Um, so you know if you're if you're supposed to be playing as a ball recycler and a defensive midfielder, you have to be showing more than Ben White did. And to me, you know, he was doing nothing wrong at centre half. I liked him at centre half in a back three. Um, to me, you know, I I don't see any reason why we had to play that formation today. To me, it's it's simple. You you take out Lewis Dunk because he's banned. You do a straight swap with him to Veltman. That way, you have Webster, White, and Veltman in the back. In the midfield, you have Bisuma and you have Lalana. And then on the wings, you have March and Lamptey. And then up front, you can have Trossard, Mopai, and Connolly. Or Trossard, Mopai, and Welbeck. Or Trossard, Mopai, and Zakiri. I don't know. But to have one striker and one attacking winger asked to play incredibly centrally, with Lalana being asked to play in a role that he's not familiar with, just felt like we were asking for trouble. Now, in that first half, West Bromwich Albion looked absolutely awful. They looked like a team totally out of sorts. Um, and it was one of those games where you thought, despite the the, 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 uh, the formation, whether you agree with it or not, or the starting lineup, whether you agree with it or not, this is probably going to be a game that we can we can edge out and get a result here. First first half, uh, we had 55% possession. We had four shots to their three. Um, and we had three of those four on target, right? One of those things we've been having problems with for a long time is getting shots on target. 75% of our shots in that first half, on target. 81% pass success rate. Great stuff. Uh, three key passes. We were throwing things around out there. We had three corners to their zero. Um, you know, we were doing a great job in controlling the game entirely. The goal, the goal came uh, from extended pressure. You know, we were all over them. It was almost a bit of a goal mouth scramble uh, before Lamptey was able to cross it in. Uh, in what ended up being one of the funniest things I've seen for a while, uh, Ivanovic cleared it out uh, into Livermore's face slash neck area uh, for it to bounce on into the net. Um, and it was fully deserved, you know. I don't think there was a single point in time where I thought... Man, like, we've got away with that. That was one of those moments where you thought we were all over it. We were far better than them. We should have been more, like, we should have had more goals. Um, and, you know, it was one of those things where you thought, okay, like, we've scored. We've, hold, we've held them off in the, in the rest of this first half, which some, seems to be a problem we have. Uh, we can kind of press the reset button and come back out in that second half and take control. However, it was a total game of two halves. Um, and to me, if you had that lineup differently in that first half, I think we are up by two or three goals. I think that if you change a couple of those defensive decisions, for example, you, you change that Ben White decision uh, and you put him in the back three and you replace him with, you know, an Alzate or a Lalana, uh, and then you put Connolly further up front with them or something like that. If you do that, I feel like you're at a point uh, where, you know, you've got so many options going forward that you're probably going to score more than the one. Um, so you go into half time and you're 2 or 3 nil up and it's a totally different game. However, you go into half time 1-0 up, 
And for some reason, uh, Potter and the team decided that that was a good time to sit back on the ball and defend the lead uh, with 40 minutes to go. At the end of the second half, just the, you know, the second half as a whole, we had one shot for the rest of the game. One. And it was not on target. They had six. They hit the woodwork. They had two on target and three off target. Six shots we allowed them in the second half. They dominated possession at the Amex against a team that are supposed to be a possession-based team. 53% to 47%. Their pass success rate, 85% to our 81 They were all over us. They dominated the game from all the way through. And in the, from all the way through the second half, not all the way through. And it just blows my mind that we decided to make these decisions. We saw what was happening. Everybody saw what was happening. And at that point, you think, okay, like it's the 60th minute, it's the 65th minute. West Brom were all over us. We need to change our style here. This is, we're, we're lucky to be 1-0 up because we've ground them down in the first half. This is now time for Graham Potter to do what Graham Potter normally does and make good substitutions, positive substitutions, in order to win us a game. Adam Lalana, who had played fantastically for most of the game, if not all of it, was subbed off on 60-ish minutes. Now, if that was because Lalana was tired and physically could not continue, then that's fine. But bringing on Pascal Gross was the worst decision that Graham Potter made because we totally lost any kind of forward-flowing outlet. He slows down the game, Pascal Gross does, uh, and when you are asking somebody to be a transitional outlet, you need more than Pascal Gross is offering when you have nobody else to provide it. And at this point, you're left with a total lack of forward thinking. You know, you have nothing to offer. We've now got Pascal Gross on the pitch, who is a shadow of his former self, and West Brom continue to press. So at that point, you think, okay, we need to make more changes. What do you do? You take off Solly March, who has played a half-decent role at left wing back, and you take away our back three and move it into a back two. For no reason, really, other than to take off Solly March. There was no need to change that around. There was no need. We were playing fine with three at the back. Did we, did we look like we could do with more of an attacking outlet? Yes. Did we, did we look like we could do with some keeping that width? Yes. So what did we do? We did, Potter decided to go narrow and offer a 4-4-2 formation uh, with little, little going forward. Uh, McAllister was asked to play as a left winger, which he's, I've never seen him, never seen him do. Uh, Lamptey was asked to play as a right winger, but ended up playing almost more as a central attacking midfielder. Um, and we were just left totally all at, all at sea. We didn't seem to know anything that we were doing. When that formation change came in, the entire game went away. And at that point, it felt like it was more of a matter of time uh, than it was anything else. Final substitution. Um, at this point, you think, okay, like we need an attacking outlet. Trossard is tired. <clears throat> Let's take him off and bring on Aaron Connolly or Danny Welbeck. Hold up the ball, take it forward, show some, you know, worry the defenders. Let them not really want to risk pushing too far forward if they have somebody like Connolly 
uh, or Welbeck running in behind. Nope, we take off Leandro Trossard and bring on Steven Alzate. Steven Alzate was not ready. Like it wasn't it wasn't the right game for him. It was it was a bizarre decision. I'm not sure where we ended up trying to play Alzate in the end. Um, it it didn't look like he really knew where he was supposed to be playing himself. Um, it seemed like the most negative move you could make at that point to try and see out a lead that you've been trying to see out for 40 minutes already. It just seemed... Every decision he made today was baffling. And then, of course, three or four minutes after that final substitution, uh, we made a defensive error, left Carl and Grant to pick his spot, essentially, uh, and pop the ball into the back of the net. And for that final what, 10 minutes? We were in big danger of losing the entire game. Um, We were just... It was just atrocious. Everything the Albion did today was atrocious. And it all stems from the decisions Potter made for this game. And to me, that's just unacceptable. When you look at the players on the pitch today, Neil Mopai missed missed an unbelievable chance. He should have put us 1-0 up, no doubt about it. He looked frustrated... He looked annoyed, and he looked like he was just not wanting to be out there today. Uh, Trossard didn't look much different. Uh, you know, at least he was pulling the trigger a little bit more. Two shots, two on target. Um, and he was, you know, in that final 15 to 20 minutes before he got took off, it at least looked like he was trying to grab it by the balls. Uh, ben White, like I said, ineffective. Didn't really even notice he was there as a, def- as a central midfielder. Basuma the same. And I wonder if that's because Bissouma doesn't know how much he can trust Ben White in that role. What is Bissouma being asked to do? Because when he's asked to be a box-to-box midfielder, he's superb. But today, he didn't look like one of those. He looked like he wasn't entirely sure whether he should be doing that. Because the positions he usually he usually runs into were already occupied by Lalana and Trossard. So, essentially, he was a seventh defender... Uh, sat sat in front of that back line because he wasn't, you know, marauding forward at all. It was, that space was occupied. We decided to play Trossard as a central player again, which is just not working. We need to stop putting him in the centre area, let him roam left to right. And if he pops up in the centre, fine. But he isn't an out-and-out central attacking midfielder. It's just not something that you see him do very well. So I don't know why we insisted on it. I just, I'm disappointed today because we had more than one ample opportunity to win this game. And when the players were presented that opportunity to win the game, they failed. And when Potter was presented the opportunity at several different areas of the game uh, and several different areas of, you know, the time in the game, um, he failed to make winning managerial decisions time after time after time. Now, do I think Graham Potter should go or anything like that? Absolutely not. Uh, But do I think that we are now well and truly in a relegation battle? Yes, we have to be at this point. Uh, We have Tottenham Hotspur away next week. Um, You know, that's essentially another free hit. Uh, You can't see us getting a single point from them with the form they're in right now. Um, And then it's Burnley the week after. And that Burnley game essentially dictates just how in the shit we are. Um, I think if we were to lose at Burn- against Burnley at home, um, you know, I think at that point you've got to put us down as, you know, third or fourth favourites to be relegated this year. Um, to me, Fulham and West Brom are going down. I think they're just doomed. 
Um, and I think the rest of the teams around them are Brighton, Burnley, and Sheffield United. And I think that, you know, if we uh, if we can't if we come away with one point against West Bromwich Albion and Burnley at home, then you know you have to accept that we are well and truly in the thick of it. If not, you know, the worst of those three teams, despite the fact that we shouldn't be. And it's just so bloody frustrating. It feels like we've lost today, is what it feels like. Because we were basically hanging on for dear life against West Bromwich Albion. And that's just not acceptable. Man of the match, Dan Byrne. I thought he was good today. He made the right runs forward. He was solid at the back for the most part. Um, and I think he was, you know, one of those players that looked like he wanted to be there all the way through. Uh, Adam Lalana would have got it if he hadn't been took off so early. I thought Lalana was superb today. I thought he had a total touch of class for the entire time. Um, and it's players like that that you need to rely on to drag you over the line sometimes. Um, and if the players around him aren't going to play on song, that's going to be a tough proposition. Um, so hopefully, you know, he can come on and, and continue to make the difference because that is uh, that is something we're desperately going to need. Next week, Tottenham away. Like I said, I, I can't see anything from that game. I think it's going to be a very, very, very tough day at the office. Uh, you know, it it could be a very, very, very tough game for the Albion. Um, I think we could be having a really rough review uh, after that one um, because Tottenham are on, you know, an absolute tear-up in this last couple of games. So we shall see. Uh, but that's about it from me today. Nothing good to report, really. I'm in a crap mood and I don't have anybody else to speak to. Uh, that makes me feel any better or give me a positive. So we'll see you all next week. Uh, Sunday will be the game, so it'll be dropping Monday as per usual. So stay safe, uh, and we will speak all next week on Together BHA.